Hey girl, welcome to the Wake, Pray, Slay podcast. The struggle to find your purpose can be real sometimes, but trust me, girl, we all have one. I felt called to start this podcast to reach other women and share my testimony. I'm your host, Savannah. I'm a wife, mom, and entrepreneur. I'm absolutely obsessed with personal growth and empowering other women like you to be the person God created you to be. I'll be sharing stories, tips, and anything God reveals to me along the way. I honestly have no idea what the heck I'm doing, but I'm all about living my best life in faith one step at a time. You ready, girl? Let's dive in. Hey, girl. Thank you so much for listening. Um, I'm really excited that you're here for this um, because I'm going to talk about something today that is kind of a hard topic, but if you've listened to my podcast before, you know that I actually really like discussing the hard topics. Um, You know, I feel like it's so important to just speak on truth, um, especially this day and age. So I'm just going to dive right into the episode without a ton of small talk uh, because I do have a lot to cover and I'm going to be referencing several different scriptures in the word of God um, so we can really just tackle this topic. Um, So today's episode is going to be, be based around lukewarm Christianity and why being a lukewarm Christian is actually a really dangerous thing, especially nowadays in 2020. You know, if you've listened to my end times um, and spiritual warfare episode, it's called Armor Up Soldier. Um, I talk about, you know, a little bit of end times and why we need to be prepared, why we need to have the armor of God on, because there is a lot of spiritual warfare going on right now. It's it's so important for us to be prepared. But if we are living in a lukewarm Christian life, how can we be fully prepared for this? And this isn't to scare anyone. I really, really just want to share my heart with you and what I feel like God put on my heart to share with you guys um, because I've noticed it a lot. I've noticed a lot of lukewarm Christians and This isn't coming from a place of judgment. This is coming from a place of love. And because I love all my friends, you know, whether they're lukewarm, whether they, you know, whatever, I still, I still love them and I want the best for them. I want them to know Jesus. I want them to grow spiritually. So, um, the reason why, well, one of the reasons why it is so so important. This is probably the biggest reason why, honestly, um, it is so important for us to not sit in a lukewarm state when it comes to Jesus Christ is actually in Matthew 24, Jesus is talking to the disciples and he goes into the destruction of the temple and the signs of the end times. And Jesus tells them, watch out that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name claiming I am the Messiah and will deceive many. If we do not know God, if we do not know him, you know, it's going to be so much easier to be deceived. And so that's why sitting in that state of lukewarmness can be super dangerous. We don't want to be deceived um, when the time comes. So um, I'm actually going to flip over to Revelation 3.16, which says, well, actually, before I get into it, I will let you know, um, this is the letter to the church in Laodicea. And this is known as the lukewarm church. Um, But on verse 16, it says, So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. So what exactly does that mean? When I first read that, I was a little confused. Um, What does that mean? So I... 
actually did a little bit of research on this and I found on uh, BibleRef.com, it says that this presents a useful analogy for evangelism as well. Those who are spiritually hot are engaged in their faith. Those who are cold have an opportunity to be influenced in a powerful way by the gospel. But those who are lukewarm are actually in a worse condition than those who are cold. They know just enough about Jesus, so they're not resistant, but they're also somewhat calloused to his voice. From Jesus's perspective, it's actually better to be spiritually cold, since that means you're more likely to notice the calling of God. So this is a really important thing um, because, and I'm not calling anyone out specifically, but there are people in this world who say, yeah, I believe in Jesus. I believe um, God is the creator of the universe, yet um, their their fruits don't show that. They're, the fruits that they produce, um, you know, the fruits of the spirit, things like that, it, do, it doesn't show that they have Jesus, that they know him. And again, this isn't to call anyone out. Um, and if you're feeling convicted about this right now, definitely just continue listening to this episode because I think it'll be super beneficial for you. Another reason why it is so dangerous to be lukewarm is, is because of backsliding. If you're not consistently, you know, growing your faith, growing spiritually, instead of drinking like, like infants, that, you know, that in order to grow and live, they drink milk. Um, and then when they get older, they eat solid foods. So our goal as Christians is not to be baby Christians the rest of our lives, but to grow to eat that solid food um, spiritually. Um, And I really love that illustration of that as well. I feel like it's a really good way to describe the spiritual growth. And spiritual growth, honestly, is a huge red flag. If you're not growing spiritually in your faith with God, you're not growing spiritually in your walk with him or knowing him, that is a huge sign because you have that fear of falling away and abandoning your faith. You know, once you're saved, you're always saved, obviously, but you have a higher chance of straight up just abandoning your faith. You can't lose your faith, but you can surely abandon it. Um, So I'm going to go over and I'm going to read from Hebrews. So this is actually a warning to pay attention. And it is in Hebrews chapter two. And it says, we must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through the angels was binding and every violation and disobedience received, it's just punishment. How shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who have heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit distributed according to his will. So drifting away or backsliding, you know, it's like slipping away. We don't have to do anything to drift away. Honestly, departure from the faith usually comes from a slow drifting, not a sudden departure. So if you're backsliding, um, if you're just drifting away from God, you know, a full on departure doesn't happen right away. This happens over time. This happens over time of living in the world and conforming to this world 
world, living a worldly life and not living as if we are children of God, living in the fear of the Lord, um, and that we are not citizens on this earth. Our citizenship is in heaven. If we have accepted Jesus Christ into our hearts, our citizenship is in heaven. So we do not need to worry about this world. We do not live worldly lives just because we know where our true reward is. And living in the world can be so dangerous as well um, because we end up falling into our flesh and our desires and falling into that sin and temptation and all these things, um, which it causes us, us to drift away from God altogether. So um, the third thing I wanted to read to you guys was James 2. So I absolutely love James. James is James and Romans are like two of my favorite books of the Bible. If you have not read those yet, I highly recommend reading them. James is amazing, talks about um, trials and suffering and things like that in, in chapter one. But uh, this is from chapter one as well. It's at the end of chapter one, actually. Um, it says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. So we are to humbly accept that word that has been planted in us so it can save us. If we are living lukewarm lives, if we are not dedicating our lives to God because his son Jesus saved us from death, you know, there we have to be careful of that. This is something that has been planted into us. We need to pursue that. We need to seek God in everything that we do. And you'll also notice this isn't just a ticket to heaven. This isn't just about being saved. This is about living our lives on this earth for the glory of God because of all of his goodness and all the things that he's done for us. You'll notice a shift in your life. You'll notice when you start tra uh, transforming and go through that sanctification process, um, the ways that God works in your life. And it is truly, truly incredible. But moving on to verse 23, and I love this one. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away immediately and forgets what he looks like. So he forgets what he looks like immediately. We're supposed to be doers. We're supposed to um, do what the word of God tells us to do. And that brings me to John chapter 14. So um, this is where Jesus promises the Holy Spirit on verse 15. It says, if you love me, keep my commands and I will ask the father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them, and 
we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear that are not my own, they belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all the things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you love me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come now, let's leave. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. It is so powerful. You know, right there, it talks about if we love God, we follow his commands. If we love Jesus, we follow his commands because we have a love so great. And these these commands that God gives us, it's not because he's a mean, mean God or that he doesn't want us to live our best life or, you know, all, any of that junk. It's literally because God he knows what's best for us. You know, he wants, uh, he wants to, us to live these abundant lives. And I'm not talking about wealth. I'm talking about joy, peace, kindness, faithfulness, uh, self-control, you know, all the th- fruits of the spirit, these things in our lives, we live a better life. We live a more joyful life. We are happier. You know, we can, we can get out of things like, I don't know about you, but the depression that I suffered for so long, Jesus healed me of that. He completely took it away from me. And I'm not saying I don't struggle from time to time, but when I am living in Jesus, when I am abiding in him, when I am living my life, reading his word and doing as his word tells me to do, my life is so much better. I don't have that spirit of anger or that spirit of depression hovering over me anymore. I'm not, I'm not stuck in those chains because I'm free. And I know that a lot of people think, well, I don't want to follow these. I don't want to, you know, be tied down. It sounds like it sounds so difficult. And it sounds like, I don't know, like I'm a slave and all this stuff. Well, I'm telling you, I would rather be a slave for Jesus Christ than a slave for the enemy any day. Okay. When, when you are living in this world and we're being lukewarm Christians. And I can only speak this from experience because I live my entire life as a lukewarm Christian. Girl, let me tell you, like, if you've listened to my podcast at all, you know that I have lived a lukewarm life. I accepted Jesus at a young age. I literally, when I was a kid, I went up to my parents and I said, how do I know that God is real? You know, thinking in my head, like, just because my parents tell me that he's real, how how do I believe in him? Why does that make me believe in him? Um, and honestly, I was really surprised by, by my dad's reply. You know, he told me like, you know, it's your decision. If you decide to believe in Jesus, that's your decision. And gosh, I was so young. And I remember going up to my bunk bed. I, I had the top bunk and I literally, I just sat there and it was like the spirit came over me or something because I just started crying. Because I, I kept telling myself, I was like, I don't know if I believe in God. I don't know if I believe in God. But I suddenly felt this overwhelming amount of peace inside of me. Um, I could, it was, I don't know how to explain it, you guys. But if you've ever felt the presence of the Holy Spirit, um, you know how I was feeling. And I feel like it was so strong, too, because I was, I was so little. I was probably like 
gosh, I want to say like six, seven, eight, something like that, where I was like questioning my faith just because my parents brought me to church each each Sunday. Like, why, why would I believe in that just because they make me go, you know? And there was also another time. Um, so when I was a kid, I was like obsessed with like NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, <laughs> 90s babies. Um, but I was obsessed with NSYNC. And it was the weirdest thing. I was probably like five or six years old. And for some reason, this is the actually the first time I feel like, um, I think this was even before that last experience, um, but I literally felt, I felt this, the Holy Spirit telling me to get rid of that CD because it was very clear, like I was idolizing this boy band, you know, and I was, I was so young, but it was such an overwhelming feeling. And it was crazy for me at that time, a girl who had like sync posters and, and I literally knew all of their songs and I listened to their CDs on replay. I was obsessed with them. Okay. And I felt the spirit convict me at such a young age to break that CD in half. And I, without even like thinking it, uh, thinking about it without even doubting it, I went and broke that CD in half. Like, it's crazy. And so I started so strongly, like feeling the Holy Spirit at such a young age, and then growing up, getting baptized at 12 years old, and then going and living my life the way I wanted it to, being suicidal, cutting myself, um, doing drugs, partying, um, you know, like dating boys. And when I really shouldn't have been, honestly, at that time, I should not have been dating boys, looking for attention, you know, like slacking off in school, all this stuff. I was not living my life for God in any way, shape or form. I was living in the world. I remember, and I probably mentioned this on another episode, I remember telling myself like, Jesus, I don't want you to come yet. I'm not, I'm not done living my life. I want to live my life. So ask yourself right now, are you living your life in a way where you're excited for the return of Jesus Christ? Or are you living your life where you're scared for him to come back? Where you don't want him to come back? Where you're not even really sure if you're saved just because of that fact. And now I'm not saying you're not saved. I'm not saying anything like that. But we should really sit back and evaluate where we're at in our faith. Are we growing spiritually? Do we know God? Like, do we truly know God? Do we have a relationship with him? Because in, what is it, Matthew? So it's Matthew 7, 21 through 23. And it says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? And in your name, drive out demons and in your name, perform many miracles. Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you away from me, you evildoers. So, and then the next part says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who has built his house on the rock. Then the rain came down, the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed by his teaching because he thought, 
as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. So that is why, that is why it is so important for our foundation to be in Christ Jesus. Our lives, everything that we do and active worship and, you know, spending time with him, it sounds like a drag. You know, like coming from a lukewarm perspective when um, for me, at least I'm not saying you do this, um, but when I was living my life as a lukewarm Christian, I was like, it sounds so just like, um, you know, not a waste of my time, but like I don't have time for this when really I did. Um, You know, we need to be seeking God first in all that we do. And so um we can make time for it when the, when, you know, as far as like, you know, your relationship or anything like that, if your significant other isn't making time for you, doesn't that kind of show you that, you know, like, well, why wouldn't he be making me a priority? Why, why wouldn't he be, you know, making time for me? Like he's so busy playing video games or, you know, not coming home, hanging out with his friends after work and drinking beers and doing all this stuff. Like, does he not care about me? Does he not want to spend time with me? Do I not matter to him? And I'm not saying that's true of him. I'm not saying that at all, but it it comes off as the appearance is like our significant other doesn't care about us if if they're not wanting to spend time with us, if they're not, you know, doing their best to make us a priority and make us, you know, make time for us. And the same can be said about Jesus, but even more so. If we're not if we're not dedicating time to him, it just shows him like, you know, like we don't really care to make time for him, to be honest. Um, And our flesh will tell us our flesh. And I mentioned this in the last episode, you know, our flesh is going to tell us like, I don't really want to do it. I don't really have time to do it. And even now, even now in my faith where I feel like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a baby Christian anymore. I'm growing steadily in my faith, even through those silent moments, you know, I'm still growing and, um, you know, I feel like at times my flesh tells me like, I don't want to read the Bible and it's crazy, you know, as someone who is growing in their faith and and isn't a lukewarm Christian, my flesh still tells me that I don't want to do it, but I know that it's the best thing for me. It is important for me to get into the word of God so I can abide in Jesus, so I can hear the words of God and that I can I can be fruitful from it. So, um Um, The next thing that I'm going to read is actually from John as well. It's John 15, and this is about abiding in Jesus. So it says, I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. So if if he is the vine, if Jesus is the vine and we are the branches, if we fall off, if our branch falls off, we're not going to make any more fruit. We're not going to grow any fruit on our branch. We have to stay attached to the vine in order to bear that fruit. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. 
I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. Our fruit shows our love for God. Our fruit shows that we are so much more than just believers, people who just believe in Jesus, that we truly know him and we recognize the sacrifice that he made for us. We recognize the fact that he he died for us. He died for our sins and he didn't have to. He was perfect. He was sinless. And so when we decide to live in the world, when we decide to live these lukewarm Christian lives, we're like, it's almost like, what what did Jesus do for us, you know? We should be offering our lives as living sacrifices, denying our flesh, not living in this world or not living, being of the world because we do live here obviously for now, but this is not our citizenship. But it says, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. It is true joy that we receive when we remain in Jesus Christ. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no, has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. Oh, that is so powerful. I love that so much, especially when he says greater love has no one than this to lay down one's life for one's friends. Jesus laid down his life for us. He accepted that punishment for us, even though we were dirty, even though we sin, even though we, you know, do terrible things or whatever. When we, when we turn to him and we accept him as Lord of our lives and we abide in him and we know him, you know, like, like he died so we can be made clean. How can we take advantage of that? You know, we should be taking advantage of it, but in a good way, in a good way, by showing others the love of Christ is in us, by showing others that we are saved. If we, we can claim that we're Christians, but we're living a life completely opposite of what, how a Christian should live, how will people know that we are truly Christians? And not in a way where it's like you have all these laws and you have to be perfect. That is not expected of us. God knows us. God knows our hearts. He knows our, our human nature. But it's living in a state of repentance where we actually, you know, when we do sin, um, we feel sorry about it. And since we are born again, we are no longer sinners. We are called saints. We are co-heirs with Christ. Christ. And so continually just being sorry when we do when we do something out of line, when we do something that might not be so Christian like like yesterday, you guys, um 
I was doing a DoorDash. Yes, I signed up for DoorDash. And I went to this gate to get into these apartments and the code wasn't working. And I called the lady and I texted the lady and I kept trying the code and there were cars coming up behind me and, and I was getting super frustrated and, and, you know, um, the exit like opened. And so I was trying to get through and I ended up like hitting my car on this pole. Thank goodness. Thank God (laughs) that this pole was plastic. So it didn't, um, scratch up my car or anything like that. But I was getting so frustrated and I started getting all mad at my husband for no reason. And all this stuff, you guys, like (laughs) I, I fell into sin. I allowed my anger to cause me to sin, which is what the Bible tells us not to do. But later on, I had to ask God for forgiveness, ask my husband for forgiveness for being such a, such a butt, (laughs) you know? Um, because that is what we do because we are saints, because our faith is credited to us as righteousness, as it was Abraham. So um, moving on um, and speaking of like, how do we, how, what are we supposed to do? Like Christian living, like what, what does that entail? So Ephesians um, 4 actually talks about unity and maturity in the body of Christ. Um, and it has some instructions for Christian living. So I'm going to leave this one or read this one and leave it at that. And I really just hope that um, this speaks to you guys. So it says, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. So you guys, when, when we accept Jesus Christ, it's because we were called upon. We have a purpose. It says, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. There is, there is one body and one spirit, just as you are called to the hope when you are called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apparitioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. What does he ascended mean, except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions? He He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens and in order to fill the whole universe. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to acquit his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity and in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. So when we live lukewarm Christian lives, we're not really, we're not in the body of Christ. We're not, we're not giving to the body of Christ. We're kind of just standing by, you know, as Christians, we're called to be ambassadors of Christ. We are called to, um, be a part of the body of Christ. And it actually will, I think, um, go into that a little bit more. But, you know, we all have different things that we do um, in the body of Christ. We all function differently, you know. And so it's important for all of us to come together as one in unity. Um, So the body of Christ is working, is doing these good works, is living in Christ and has the fullness of Christ. Uh, moving on to chapter four or verse 14, it says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful 
scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every aspect the mature body of him who is the head and Christ is the head. That is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Um, so moving on, this is instructions for Christian living. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord that you must no longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity, and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him with, in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. I'm going to read that part again. You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry, and do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work, doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving one another, just as in Christ God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. So, you know, you may be thinking like, well, how the heck am I supposed to live up to these expectations? You know, we're not expected to to focus on what we can do. Yes, there are things that we can do. There are things that we can avoid. We can deny our flesh when we start, you know, feeling tempted or whatever it may be, you know, but we're not doing this alone. This is not up to us. It's not what we can do. It's what Christ did for us. And when we abide in him, we, we, we bear that fruit. He transforms us and, and living a, a Christian life, living for him, living for the glory of God, our creator, is it comes more naturally because we are born again. We are a new creation. And so if you, if you feel like you've fallen away from that point in your life where you are lukewarm, where you're not growing spiritually, where you don't know what to do, I, I recommend just, you know, coming before God humbly and, and asking for forgiveness, for, for backsliding, for falling away, for not living your life for his glory 
not doing things for his glory. And when I was lukewarm, um, I was selfish, you know, and I'm not saying I don't have the tendencies to be selfish sometimes, but, but I feel like now I, I don't feel as selfish. It comes more naturally to think about other people above myself. It comes more naturally to think about God and what he would want for me above myself and, and praying for his will to be done. So just come before him and ask for his presence, ask for his forgiveness, ask for him to come into your life again so that you may not backslide so that you can experience the power of God and what he can do in your life and what you, what you can do for him, even though it's not about what we can do for him. (laughs) Just like I said, like that sounds a little confusing. It's not about what we can do for God. It's about what he did for us. But in result of what he did for us, we do things for him. We do things in the glory of God, just because we are so grateful for what he did for us. Um, and, uh, in Zechariah, the Lord was angry um, with the ancestors. And, and it says, this is what the Lord God almighty says, return to me, declares the Lord almighty. And I will return to you, says the Lord almighty. Do not be like your ancestors to whom the earlier prophets pro- uh, proclaimed. This is what the Lord God almighty says, turn from your evil ways and your evil practices. Um, so when we decide to turn from our former selves when we decide to not, uh, live our lives in the world when we decide to live our lives for the glory of God and just turn away from that God is still there and that's the thing with it too is maybe in one point in your life you you have experienced that the Holy Spirit like I did when I was a kid or you know a few times here and there but you completely just kind of like eh, you kind of just turned your back on it a little bit and you started drifting away and all the things like we we have the ability to go away from God. God doesn't leave us. I mean, if we abandon our faith, he will give us into our sin. But when we when we believe in him, like God doesn't he doesn't abandon us. Literally all we have to do is ask for his presence again in our lives and ask him to to do his work in our lives so that we can live our lives for him and he will. He's always there. You know, instead of instead of just living our lives the way we want, you know, to our satisfaction, idolizing things in our lives that are nothing compared to what God can give us. We should really take a step back and just like evaluate all the things, evaluate our lives, how we're living our lives, who we're living our lives for. Are we living our lives for ourselves or are we living our lives for God, our creator? So in conclusion, I know I said I was going to end it a little bit ago, and I believe I shared this one other time, but I'm going to share it again. I was on TikTok one day, and I know it's, it's, that app is crazy. Okay, (laughs) but I saw this girl, and she shared something, and she said, I believe in Satan. I believe in demons, but does that mean that I worship them? That is me acknowledging their existence, but does that mean that I bow down to them and I worship them? No, it doesn't. But the same goes for Christ. I can believe in Christ. I can acknowledge his existence. I can acknowledge that he's there, but does that mean that I bow down to him and I worship him? Does that mean that I live my life for him? No, it doesn't. And I'm going to end it there um, because I've already been talking for a really long time. But Father God, I just pray in the name of Jesus that whoever's listening to this right now, Lord, I pray that um, it edifies them that um, if they are living a lukewarm Christian life, Lord God, I pray that it convicts them and that that 
that they come back to you and play a part in the body of Christ because we are all one body and Christ is the head, Lord God. I thank you so much for this beautiful day. I just pray that you will bless all of our days and that we will come to you fully and wholeheartedly and obey what your word tells us to do so that we can live these um, joyful and abundant lives um, and, and do do your work while we are here on earth. It's not just a ticket to heaven. It's not just a free ticket there. It's literally to live our lives for your glory because of all that you've given us, for all that you've done for us, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, I just I just pray that this speaks to somebody, Lord God. Thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your grace. Thank you so much for just saving us from ourselves, saving us from sin and death, Lord God. You are holy, you are righteous, you are sovereign, you deserve all of our praise. You are our creator, you are the author and creator of life, Lord God. You deserve everything that we can give you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this spoke to you and I just hope that it blesses you and it blesses your walk. Anyways, God bless you guys. Have a good day. Okay, but seriously, thank you so much for listening. It means the world to me. If you love this podcast, please share it with your bestie. Or you can share it to your social media through your Facebook or your Instagram stories if you'd like. But make sure that you tag me so I can say thank you. This was seriously so much fun. Talk to you soon, girl.